Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? Today is a um, interesting day. Uh, just in terms of, of some of the news that came out literally today. Uh, and it's going to affect a lot of things that, that I care about, for one. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a lot. Let, let me clarify that. But a, a big thing. Um, but other than that, there was other some other cool news as well. Um, but yeah, hey, it's uh, January 18th. I am your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. I host my own show, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, welcome. Welcome in. Uh, it is episode 245. Yes, that is right, 245. We are getting closer and closer to that fifth year mark, folks. Closer and closer to that official fifth year. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Um, I know 250 episodes is a big deal too, so it's, uh, it's no small feat, but I, I don't want to waste time talking about nothing. I mean, you, you come here week after week to hear me talk and I, I know I repeat myself week, week after week saying that, but, uh, it's, it's true because I can go off on tangents that, that aren't really necessary. Um, so instead of, of doing nothing, let's get to doing something, shall we? So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about video games. Now, what's going on in the video game world? Well, a lot, actually. Um, first things first, the DICE Awards uh, are coming up. So those are technically like the second biggest game awards after the Game Awards. And uh, it's the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, for the DICE Awards um, in Santa Monica. And it essentially just, it recognizes the best games of the year. And uh, the show will be in February in Las Vegas. And it will be hosted by Kinda Funny's Greg Miller, who I love. And Stella Chung from IGN. Uh, IGN will actually be hosting the event as well. So, just so you guys know where to watch. So, Outstanding Achievement in Animation... Cuphead Delicious Last Course was nominated, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Moss Book 2. Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction. We have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and the Callisto Protocol. For uh, Outstanding Achievement in Character, you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for Alejandro Vargas. Atreus and Kratos nominated individually for God of War Ragnarok. Aloy for Horizon Forbidden West. And Guybrush Threepwood in Return to Monkey Island. For achievement in original music composition, you have a Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, which I hope wins. Great soundtrack. Horizon Forbidden West, Metal, Hellsinger, and Moss Book 2. Uh, audio design, you have a Plague Tale Requiem, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, God of War Ragnarok, Gotham Knights, Somerville. Story, you have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Immortality, and Norco. In Technical Achievement, you have Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Forbidden West, and Teardown. 
Action Game of the Year, Bayonetta 3, Grounded, Neon White, Sifu, and Survivors. Adventure Game of the Year, you have God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Forbidden West, Norco, Stray, Tunic. Family Game of the Year, Disney, Dreamlight Valley, Kirby's Dream Buffet, Lost in Play, Mario, Rabbid, Sparks of Hope, Trombone Champ. Fighting Game of the Year, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, Multiverses, Rumbleverse, Spider Heck, and The King of Fighters 15. Racing Game of the Year, F122, Gran Turismo 7, Need for Speed Unbound, RPG of the Year, Citizen Sleeper, Elden Ring, Weird West, World of Warcraft, Dragonflight, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Sports Game of the Year, FIFA 23, Mario Strikers, MLB The Show, NBA, and Ali Ali World. Strategy Sim, Dwarf Fortress, Ixion. Marvel's Midnight Suns, Potion Craft, Warhammer 40k, Chaos Gate. Immersive Reality Game. Wow, they just keep going. I'm not even going to... Whoa, there's a lot. So, Game of the Year, though, for DICE. You have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Vampire Survivors. So, be on the lookout for the DICE Awards next month. Um, so, obviously, uh, before I move on, I did finish Pokemon this past week. The Elite Four and the Champion are, like, way easier than in past games. I mean, there's a Pokemon game that I've never even beaten the Elite Four. Granted, it's a remake. It's Fire... No, it's not Fire Red. It's Leaf Green. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never beaten the Elite Four in that game. I really need to rethink my strategy. But... Uh, I beat the Elite Four in Pokemon Scarlet in, like, the first go. There were gym leaders and Team Star bosses that were harder. So, <laughs> yeah, they were they were kind of a pushover. Uh, the end game is really fun. I've caught in all of the Paradox Pokemon. Um, I've pretty much caught in all the Pokemon I can get in Scarlet. And I have yet to be able to evolve the Dolphin Pokemon into their superhero one because it requires online and you need friends uh, to play with. You can't just, like, hop into a group, which is really fucking stupid. But I'm sure I'll get it in, like, a Wonder Trade or something. Um, so on to Scarlet. And moving on, we know uh, today's actually a, a, a year after the Activision deal was announced. Microsoft intended to buy Activision. And we've learned that a lot of things are going on. The first of which, apparently, both Google and NVIDIA have voiced concerns to the FTC regarding the, the planned buyout. Um, they both contend, apparently, this is per IGN, by acquiring Activision Blizzard, Microsoft, quote, would gain an unfair advantage in the cloud subscription, cloud subscription and mobile gaming markets, unquote. Um, a source told Bloomberg, NVIDIA isn't exactly opposed, uh, but they just stress the importance of equal access to game titles. So, in regards to, like, Game Pass. I don't know why Google's fretting. They literally just left the gaming market. Stadia literally died today. Stadia is over as of today. So, I don't know what Google's issue is. Should have partnered with Microsoft. Oh, wait, no, they hate each other. Um... Well, they don't hate each other, but you, you, you know what I mean. Um, this is interesting. Obviously, NVIDIA is a big competitor in the, the streaming 
and cloud service uh, as they have the NVIDIA GeForce service, which is essentially like Game Pass. Um, It's weird that they bring up mobile gaming because Microsoft doesn't exist in the mobile gaming space at all, literally at all. Uh, Yeah, they have like one or two games, but it's not like... I, I guess they want to make their own, like, Play Store, which would definitely compete with, with Google. Um, and buying Activision Blizzard also brings King, which is Candy Crush, which just prints money. I, I, I don't know if it prints money like it used to, but it did. Um, but I still don't think that would automatically make them number one in the mobile gaming space. I, I, I don't know, though. It, it, mobile gaming's weird. Um... And with that, though, we've learned that another government body has um, looked into maybe potentially opposing the deal. I I don't know. Uh, The European Union now is planning to submit a statement of objection to to Microsoft. And uh, this is via Reuters. So the EU is likely to submit an antitrust warning. But... Um, it hasn't been officially done yet. Uh, Microsoft has said, quote, we're continuing to work with the European Commission to address any marketplace concerns. Our goal is to bring more games to more people, and this deal will further that goal, quote unquote. But a lot of people have scrutinized it. Again, it's, depending on where you fall, it's an interesting thing to look at. And... Uh, apparently, I, I saw today from Jez Corden, who works at Windows Central, that a gaming group, industry group in Europe is is for the deal. So it's a, they're an advocacy group. So that, that actually could end up help sway the EU and the EU commission. But again, I don't know. Um, obviously, it was announced a year ago. It was expected to close within the next few months. It doesn't look like that's happening yet. Um especially with some news that came out about Microsoft today. But we'll get to that at the end of gaming news. Uh, Like I said, Stadia is officially dead as of today. So if you have it, it's kind of a paperweight. But you can turn your controller into a Bluetooth controller and use it for other devices. Um, John Carpenter was being interviewed and was talking about the Dead Space remake. And he almost kind of hinted that there might be a Dead Space movie, even though nothing's been officially announced. But he wanted to make clear he wasn't involved, even though John Carpenter would probably be the best person to be involved in a Dead Space movie. Um, It looks like a new League of Legends game was, spin-off, I should say, quantify, was leaked. It's called Mage Seeker, seems to be an adventure game. Uh, Mage Seeker, a League of Legends game is essentially what it's going to be called. No word on release date or anything, but it, it... Leaked via, I think it was a Korean ratings board um, supplemental. Like it was submitted to a Korean ratings board. That's always how leaks happen with games, isn't it? They always get leaked. A a rating board leaks it or something. The developers behind Black Myth Wukong, that great game that is based on Journey to the West. uh, Chinese development team of like three people making that like Dark Souls-like game where you play as like the Monkey King. A lot of people were afraid it might be vaporware, uh, despite the fact that we've seen actual gameplay. They have uh, released a new trailer and say it should be out 
next summer. So keep your eye out on Black Myth Wukong. I'm very, very excited for that game. Uh, what else is going on? The Last of Us premiered on HBO on Sunday. I've yet to watch it. I'll get to it. I, look, I know it's definitely a show you expect me to cover on this podcast. I am not a big zombie fan. I don't watch The Walking Dead. I never did. Um... Yes, I've seen some zombie movies, but they're not my, like, go-to. I haven't even seen Zombieland 2 yet. Uh, I I haven't even played, really, The Last of Us, so I, I'd be one of those people going in completely blind. Again, I get it. I'm missing out on the greatest game ever made. But, like, I don't like zombie stuff. So I understand there's a great story there, but one major aspect of it is not something that I... I care about. It's not going to grab me the way it might grab other people. Um, I, I don't even play Resident Evil, right? Like, it, it's not my cup of tea. The only zombie games I ever really got into were the Dead Rising games, and that's because they're more more fun hack-em-up hack, hack slash hack-and-slash type games, right? They're not, they're not like your typical zombie game. They're literally just mindless mowing down zombies kind of a thing. And it's it's just I don't want to I, I guess I don't want to to do you guys a disservice and I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I'll get around to it, but just don't expect a weekly a weekly review of the last of us on here. Sorry, I guess I I, I don't know. I, I know you guys know I haven't really been hyped up about it uh, but, Apparently, it has been HBO's second best debut of the last decade with 4.7 million viewers for the premiere. Uh, the only show that did better than it in this decade has been The Last of the or The Last of the Dragon, House of the Dragon, which was like close to 10 million viewers. But second largest debut behind House of the Dragon since Boardwalk Empire launched. To 4.81 viewers back in 2010. So that that's a big, big difference there. But yeah, because House of the Dragon got 9.986. And this is all via deadline. 4.7 for The Last of Us. But 20 to 40% of the show's total gross audience per episode is what that 4.7 equals. That's good. That's a really good thing. I, I know Naughty Dog tells a great narrative, so it was probably an easy thing to adapt to television. But we'll see if it can sustain those numbers. Uh, moving on. So uh, a little recent, a while ago, we talked about NetEase, which is a Chinese company, uh, decided to not renew their deal with Activision Blizzard to host Blizzard and Activision games in China. Well... Uh, a new report from Blizzard claims that NetEase declined an offer. They're the ones that said no. Um, I know they just recently bought a new a publisher and things like that. But this is via Reuters. Blizzard China published a statement to Weibo saying that they'd contacted NetEase to, to extend it. But they, just said, they said no. Uh, so all Blizzard games in China will cease to work on January 23rd, just next week. 
Uh, Blizzard China said, quote, It is a pity that NetEase is not willing to extend services of our game for another six months on the basis of existing terms as we look for a new partner, quote unquote. So a lot of games are going to not work. I heard there was another article I saw in Kotaku. Let me get that. I don't know. I saw the headline today. I thought I saved it. It's missing. But a lot of crazy shit going on at NetEase, apparently. But if you live in China, don't expect to be able to play Blizzard games for a while. Um, how about this? The Callisto Protocol, which came out last month, uh, did not sell well. And apparently did not meet expectations by the developer. But what's even stranger is it didn't even crack the top ten. Uh, it literally 17th overall. Minecraft, uh, Smash Ultimate, and Mario Kart outsold the Callisto Protocol. Like I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how that's like. It, it's a new game. I get it. It's a new IP, right? And people are skeptic, but like the marketing push for this, it was insane um it 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 uh, hold on I, i'm gonna pull up the games um <laughs> the games in front of it so number one selling game for december was call of duty modern warfare 2 obviously pokemon scarlet and violet number two god of war ragnarok number three madden fifa sonic frontiers sold better elden ring a game that had been out months at that point need for speed need for speed unbound mario kart 8 crisis core final fantasy 7 reborn nba 2k 23 uh just dance 2023 edition which also apparently didn't sell well uh neither did mario rabbit sparks of hope remember ubisoft was concerned about those minecraft super smash brothers ultimate nintendo switch sports which again wouldn't expect some of these games are console exclusive, and then the Callisto Protocol, right? Um, <laughs> wow, that's pretty bad. Yes, it sold somewhat well, uh, but again, that's that's not good. It didn't... Uh, let me see. I was going to say... They called it a quadruple A game. Why is that game being thrown around? I don't like that term being thrown around i didn't like it when phil spencer did it i didn't like it when uh, now that they're doing it uh it was pushed heavy on playstation it made number 10 top selling for december didn't even crack the top 10 on xbox i wonder where it was on pc um also with npd sales numbers we know the top selling games of the year which are call of duty modern warfare 2 uh elden ring madden god of war ragnarok Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, FIFA 23, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Horizon 2 Forbidden West, MLB The Show 22 rounding out the top 10. Um, also in the top 20, you have Mario Kart 8, Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, NBA, Son Sonic Frontiers, and Gotham Knights. Wow. Minecraft still kicking along there. Um, Smash Bros. Ultimate, number 20 for the year. But... Callisto Protocol did not have a good launch month. Um, a screenshot of 
what is purported to be from Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has leaked, and it indicates the game might be a live service game. Uh, it is confirmed to be an official picture, screenshot. It will have a battle pass, but this is a linked screenshot. Uh, this is via Video Game Central. came from 4chan. Um, they confirmed it, confirmed it themselves, though. And, oh, Video Games Chronicle. I don't know why I always call them Central. And it looks like it's the menu from the game. You can see all four of the character, playable characters. But there's a chapter select menu, uh, unlock options, looks, loadout, social, store, and battle pass. So it will have a battle pass. But, though, according to Video Game Chronicle sources, the battle pass is 100% cosmetic items. There's nothing... In there that will affect official gameplay. Uh, the different currencies you see at the top of the screen are actually just XP numbers for powering up and customizing your characters per Video Game Chronicle. Um, the characters don't start out weak, quote unquote, uh, but they can get ridiculous, like Arkham Knight's Batman, quote unquote. That is via their source. Um, the game is expected out on May 26th. It's the Rocksteady's first game since Batman Arkham Knight. And uh, hopefully we'll get more and more information on the game as we get closer and closer to that May release date. Um, <laughs> do you guys play Power Wash Simulator? Well, some new, new DLC in a partnership with Square Enix has uh, added the ability for you to Power Wash Lara Croft's mansion from the Tomb Raider games. Uh, the original Tomb Raider games. Uh, apparently her house has gotten very dirty, so it needs some power washing. Um, and then I want to talk about Ubisoft before we talk about the big news today. Um, last week we talked about Ubisoft, you know, canceling three games. Uh, Eves, Eves, and this is why Eves is in hot water. Eves Gimmo, the CEO. Uh, he put out a letter to, like, the employees saying, like, the ball is in your court. Like, uh, Eve's not really on them. I, I mean, it's not really on him either, but for him saying that, it's now on him. But apparently a lot of people at Ubisoft Paris want to strike after that, and they're obviously upset. Uh, so Eve's decided to host a live Q&A with staff today, and <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. Um, he originally said, quote, the ball is now in our court. For years has been in your court, so why did you mishandle the ball so badly? Oh, wait. Hold on. Um, sorry. This is a question from an employee. It said, quote, The ball is now in our court. For years it has been in your court, so why did you mishandle the ball so badly so we, the workers, have to fix it for you? Quote, unquote. Whoa, going right at the jugular, jugular there, bud. Um, that was an upvoted question on a list submitted through corporate communication channels. Um, let me see, Eves opened up the meeting saying, quote, I heard your feedback and I'm sorry this was perceived that way. When saying the ball is in your court to deliver our lineup on time and that expected level of quality, I wanted to convey the idea that more than ever, I need your talent and energy to make it happen. This is a collective journey that starts, of course, with myself and with the leadership team to create the conditions for all of us to succeed together, quote unquote. Um... Some people liked it, some people didn't, obviously. Um, 
I mean, if you didn't find that meeting reassuring, I think you might have been dissatisfied much before the letter. Um, but I guess it was it was very buzz buzzwordy. And oh, need reduce cost and increase productivity. Interesting. Um, he he was vague about layoffs. Apparently, Eve said, "Quote: It's not about doing more with less, but finding ways to do things differently across the company." Quote unquote. That's uh, not super reassuring. Um, I hope they. Oh, they they're doubling down on franchises. Some things are good, some things are bad. We'll see what happens. Um, not as uh, alarming as what's going on in my, at Microsoft today. Uh, Microsoft announced today that they will be laying off 10,000 people. Yes, you heard me right. I said 10,000. 10000. That is 5% of their workforce. They are a total of 220,000. Um, Satya Nadella, CEO, said, quote, in a public address, quote, Microsoft will emerge from this stronger and more competitive, uh, difficult but necessary, and uh, quote unquote, 10,000 jobs, like I said, 5%. And Satya also said, quote, we will treat our people with dignity and respect and act transparently. These decisions are difficult but necessary. They are especially difficult because they impact people and people's lives, our colleagues and friends. Um, when I think about this moment in time, the start of 2023, it's showtime for our industry and for Microsoft. As a company, our success must be aligned to the world's success. That means every one of us and every team across the company must raise the bar and perform better than the com competition to deliver meaningful innovation that customers, communities, and countries can truly benefit from. Quote, unquote. Um, yeah, that, that's a lot. Uh, apparently, it's also hit... Uh, Xbox Game Studios, The Coalition, 343, and Bethesda have all been impacted as well. Via Bloomberg, uh, apparently, I guess 343 got gutted the hardest. Uh, 878 positions were being impacted immediately in Washington across all of Microsoft. Uh, further layoffs will be expected through March. Uh, the Coalition, like I said, 343... And Bethesda, um, not sure how many. We've also learned, uh, like I said, 343 got gutted the hardest. That's what I've seen from some Halo creators. Um, that they had friends inside the studio. Apparently, Joe Staten is also leaving um, 343, to, to, but he will stay with Xbox. He's just moving over to... Uh, Xbox's publishing division. He's been the creative director at 343 for the last three years. Look, 343 has done a piss-poor job of handling Halo. And I know that sounds weird coming from me because I usually support them in a lot of things they do. Um, and I've, I've enjoyed Halo throughout their tenure. Um, I, I, I It hasn't been the what it was you know, with the Bungie era, right? I, well, I, I will fully admit that. Um, what sucks, though, is that they had a lot of popular, talented people. Um, from what I've seen on from Halo, different Halo creators, they all said the same thing. People inside the studio said they were very passionate about Halo, 
had wanted to make good Halo games, but leadership sucked. And this is before Joe Staten. So no, everyone is very upset that Joe Staten is not going to be a 343 anymore. Um, I think it was, it was, uh, uh, was it late night gaming? Who was it that said, I think the best thing or what he heard? Yeah, it was, it was late night gaming because Eckhart's ladder was a little more doom and gloom and he has been on Halo for a while, but, um, late night gaming brought up a good point that it potentially maybe, you know, 343 will take over more of a publishing role, right? Other studios will jump in to take over Halo, which kind of has been going on in general with Halo. Uh, they've had a lot of contract work. They've had a lot of uh, outside studios help, like certain Affinity and things like this. Look, whatever it takes to make a good Halo game, I will take it. If 343 enters more of a publishing role, I'm fine with it, right? Um, just, I, it, it, it sucks that what you think... You know, they want to invest more in gaming, obviously. They're still pushing hard for the, the Activision deal, even though they just laid off 10,000 people. Um, you'd think that, you know... I know Halo's kind of grown stale, right? In the minds of a lot of people. Infinite is not doing anywhere near what they probably wanted it to do. And especially for multiplayer being free-to-play. Obviously, with Forge being added back, that, that helped a little. But it, it it's what was considered like the premier franchise on Xbox Master Chief, you know, Halo. It it's it it's very disappointing that it it's now in this weird position where it's it's developer is is being gutted, right? I, I know that's a very interesting term. We don't know the full details yet. Uh, um but I'm sure we'll learn in the coming days and weeks and and if things change, then I will report on that. Um, as of right now, I'm going off of what Jason Schreier has put out. And I usually trust Jason. Not all the time. Uh, it would suck if Joe actually did technically leave 343. I, I'm happy he's still at Xbox, though. Uh, obviously, there's been no official word yet from Joe State in 343 or Microsoft on that. But again, uh, it'll be interesting to see and how this affects the potential for future campaign DLC, uh, if this will affect the alleged 10-year roadmap that Halo Infinite was supposed to live on. Um, I don't know if that will will continue or change. Uh, will we get another Halo? That, that's another big question. Uh, how did it affect the Coalition and their new IP and a next Gears game? Um, how will it... Uh, how is Bethesda affected with Starfield coming out? We, we don't know. And and it will be like I said, it'll be very interesting to see in the coming coming days and weeks and months, um, and how it will affect Microsoft overall. I'm I'm a big fan of their products in general, uh, Surface products. I'm a big fan of, and uh, we'll we'll see though, we'll see ultimately what happens. But but ten thousand layoffs is a lot. Again, I don't know if that's the full U.S. That will happen between now and March. But they're not even the biggest tech company to, to lay off the most. A lot of tech companies have been laying off a lot of people lately. Facebook laid off, excuse me, Meta laid off like 10,000 people. Amazon's going to lay off 18,000. So very interesting time right now in the world and in the tech and gaming industries. I uh, hate to end it on kind of a downer note, but that's kind of it for video game news. 
Uh, let's see what's going on in the TV world, shall we? Oh, TV world. Well, after the passing of Kevin Conroy late last year, uh, his partner in crime, if you will, uh, Mark Hamill, who always voiced the Joker, the foil to Kevin Conroy's Batman, uh, even though Mark Hamill kind of semi-retired from playing the Joker like a year or two ago, uh, he, he pretty much confirmed it, uh, pretty much saying that he doesn't think he'll ever voice the Joker again without, without Kevin Conroy. And, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm fine with that, right? Those, those two were perfection. And it would be very weird to hear a Batman, a different Batman voice interacting with Hamill's Joker. I, I really don't think that would... It wouldn't go well, if you ask me. So, I think uh, it sucks, but it it it's the best. I think. With uh, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Trigun is returning, and it's already on Crunchyroll, which with with sub uh, subtitles. Uh, we have learned though that Johnny Young Bosch will return to re voice Vash. In the dub, when the dub comes out, I think, soon. I don't know exactly when the dub is coming out. If it might already be out. I don't even know. Let me check Crunchyroll, actually. Yeah, no, it's only sub right now. But uh, when the, the dub comes out, the original voice actor of Vash will be back. If you are a subscriber to HBO Max, expect a price hike. It's going up a dollar, despite the fact that it continues to remove content. So it's now going to be $15.99 instead of $14.99. Um, a producer on The Boys said it will have its most disgusting scene and most disgusting thing ever on TV, apparently, this year. I don't know how they'll top the scene with Termite last year. Um, Justin Roiland, creator, co-creator of Rick and Morty, voice of Rick and Morty, uh, co-creator of Squanch Games and High on Life, which just recently came out is in court for, or will be soon, for domestic violence. Um, has been charged in California courts with domestic battery and false imprisonment, according to a report from NBC News. Uh, the criminal complaint, which NBC News re received, uh, refers to an incident that happened in January of 2020 uh, and was arrested in May of 2020. Uh, he, Justin Roiland is charged with one felony count of domestic battery with corporal injury. Uh, he was also charged with one felony count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. They are apparently against an anonymous Jane Doe, who was allegedly his girlfriend at the time. Uh, I, I use allegedly, look, innocent until proven guilty, right? If it's true, then maybe he's a piece of shit and we were just too blind to see it. Uh, there are reports that apparently he is a scumbag. I, again, a lot of these things are unverified. If it comes to, if it is proven that all this is true, then I'm going to really have to reevaluate my my. God, this sucks. Why why do creators of good things always have to be assholes? Right? It's like can can you separate your fandom of that stuff from them? A lot of times it's easy. But when it's him, where he's literally the voice of it and the creator of it, it's a lot harder, right? It is a lot, a lot, a lot harder. Um, 
He has pled not guilty. Uh, there have been over a dozen hearings for pre-trial hearings. Um, no trial date as of yet. Allegedly, he was ar- arrested in in so he's charged in May of 2020 and arrested and released on a fifty thousand dollar bond in August of 2020. Uh, in October of last year, a protective order was filed. He's uh, so it's that's essentially a restraining order. Um, a lot of things though are being withheld under a protective order, and a plea offer is available, but another hearing in the case is expected late. April of this year, uh, so we'll see though what happens in the next few months. So, yeah, that's kind of a shitty thing to talk about. Uh, the Alien Show, set in the Alien universe, uh, produced by Ridley Scott, but I don't think Ridley's actively involved, has entered active development. So we should probably see it on our screens within the next year and a half, more than likely. Uh, we got a new trailer for The Mandalorian on Monday night during the Monday night football playoff game. And it was a, uh, a little bit of a longer trailer than the one we got a few months ago. Showed off some more Mandalorians. Uh, showed off Mandalore. It showed off more Grogu, which everyone loves. Uh, Mando will be flying around in his modified N1 Starfighter some more. It looks like... The armorer will be back, despite the fact that Mando's kind of not in their little weird cult anymore. So, I'm very excited to see what happens. I'm just excited to see a lot more Mandalorians, right? We're expecting to see Sabine Wren uh, from Rebels. And it looks like there's been somewhat of a time jump, because the planet they spend a lot of time on, the one that Grief Karga is on, seems to have been built up a lot. I don't know, it's the Star Wars universe. Maybe they can build things fast. I, I don't know. Um, technically, it took them like 20 years to build the Death Star. But that's, again, again that's like a planet-sized thing. So, <laughs> I, maybe a towns are easy to build. I, I don't know. But, but it looks there was definitely some time, some time difference uh, between the shows. Also, Mando gets another new ship, it looks like. So... It's all speculation, obviously. Uh, just over a month until season three premieres on March first on Disney Plus. Animaniacs also released a new trailer for their third and final season. Looks like they're going to be parroting Mad Max this year, so that should be fun. And Netflix, how about this? Netflix announced a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers reunion set for April nineteenth. I think it was like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Always Forever or something like that. It's bringing back um, cast members from the first and second season of Mighty Morphin. So the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, Billy Yost is coming back. There's no, no. Billy's not his first name. Billy's his name in the show. The Blue Ranger. Uh, unfortunately, no Tommy Oliver or Jamie Joe Johnson. I'm using character name and actor names. No, Jason David Frank. And and I know, Nick, he just died. How could he be in it? This was allegedly filmed before his death. Uh, apparently, he got into a fight with Hasbro, which led him to not wanting to be a part of the reunion, which sucks big time because, you know, Jason David Frank was a huge part of Power Rangers and Power Rangers fandom. Tommy was in several seasons of the show. It will lead up to the fight with Lord Zed, who's actually back in the new season of the Power Rangers. 
um, interestingly enough. But what's weird is in the trailer Netflix put out for it, it will be on Netflix on April 19th, there is a Green Ranger. So I'm a little thrown off. Who the hell's in that Green Ranger outfit if Jason David Frank isn't in this? Um, but we'll have to wait and see on April 19th. And it looks like Steven Spielberg, apparently, he hasn't retired yet. Uh, he wants to make TV shows. So, I, uh, apparently his original plan for... I say apparently a lot, don't I? His original plan for Lincoln was going to be a six-part miniseries on HBO. And he was talking to the Smartless podcast and Variety was listening. He said, quote, I do have an appetite for long form and I someday will direct a long form series. If somebody had brought me Mayor of Easttown, I would have done that. That was a beautifully directed story, quote unquote. That was a crime drama that was on HBO. He also said, quote, I was willing to do Lincoln as a six hour show because I couldn't raise all the financing for it. Nobody believed in it. I went all around town and everybody turned me down. I was ready to make a deal with HBO to do it and expand it to six hours. Tony Kushner's first draft was 550 pagers, so I had the goods. I had the material. I don't know if I could have talked Daniel Day-Lewis into doing five or six hours, but I was on the brink of that, end quote. Obviously, that was a movie, wow, ten years ago. Um, I would love to see a Spielberg-directed television show, long-form show. Would love to see that. I still need to see the Fablemans, but I would love to see a Spielberg show. That would probably be epic. Stephen Colbert is is getting into the production business. Uh, he already owns a production company, but his production company will be adapting the Chronicles of Amber, which is a sci-fi series that dates back to the seventies. Apparently, it's George R. R. Martin's favorite fantasy novel, and. Uh, Stephen Colbert's throwing his weight behind it. Uh, that's via Deadline. And uh, that's the last of TV news. I did want to talk about the Bad Batch episode today. It was an episode I thought I was going to hate. I thought it was going to be like a stupid fun filler episode. Turned out to, I think, have more implications for the greater season overall than I think might be on the surface. Uh... The other funny thing is Ben Schwartz is in it, who is the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, in the movies, and plays John Ralphio on Parks and Rec. The worst. Uh, so, so, like, sometimes when I hear him, I can't get John Ralphio out of my head. Money, please. But, no, it was a good episode, and it had very fun callbacks to, like, pod racing. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's a more tech focused episode, but we get to see more underworld dealings and, and how that might affect the Bad Batch moving forward. Kind of a weird tone tonal shift after last week's episode, uh, but, but good. An, an episode I did not think was going to be good and turned out to be good by the end. Uh, but that is it for TV. Let's head on over to Hollywood. So, we have learned, uh, with all the goings-on around Esmer Miller, uh, the actor has... Did they get called an actor? 
I don't know how that works. Um, apparently they have, have decided to reportedly plead guilty in their upcoming trespassing trial. Uh, it is felony. Uh, he, he is, they have pled not guilty to felony burglary charges, but they will plead guilty to their trespassing charges. Oh, so that, that article was late. They did plead guilty on Friday. Um, they were charged with unlawful trespassing after breaking into a home, apparently of one of their friends. Again, they will avoid three months in jail, will have to pay a $500 fine and a court fee, and will be put on a year of probation. So there were two other counts, including felony burglary and a pettit larceny count, were both dropped, since I guess they pleaded guilty. And I wonder, granted, this was a, a, a big term, right, of Warner Brothers, in terms of how they would handle the Flash moving forward. Allegedly, they've been getting a lot of help uh, it, with, with doctors and things like this. Enough that it has apparently, I'm always going to say apparently, enough that it has allegedly, I'll switch to allegedly, you know, gotten the WB execs such on board with them that they're willing to keep Ezra around as the Flash after the DCU reboot under James Gunn. I, I, I don't know what the heck is going on over there. Look, I, I guess Ezra is amazing as the Flash, right? He's impressed Warner Brothers so much they want to keep him around. That's all fine and dandy. But when you're a criminal being charged with burglary and trespassing and, like, kidnapping kids and shit, I, I don't know in what justifiable, rational world can you keep someone like that on the payroll in a major franchise capacity. Like, I, I again... Going back to Justin Roiland, innocent until proven guilty. But the writing is literally on the wall here. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't fucking know. It's fucking weird. That's for damn sure. If it's good, it's fucking good. That I'll take that. That's all I want. I, I don't necessarily need multiple movies with Ezra's The Flash, okay? I... I get it. James Gunn's coming in and might wipe the slate. Not 100%, but a lot. You know, there's precedent in, in the comics for Ezra to stick around as the Flash, even if there's a Flashpoint, right? So, again, I'm 100% fine with a recasting because of the shit Ezra's pulled. And if they plead guilty to everything, then I, in, in, in a rational world, I don't know. I really don't. But we all could be proven wrong. Who knows? And speaking of DC and Warner Brothers, a new report from Collider and Matt Reeves, the director of the Batman, was speaking to Collider himself, has said, quote, Gunn and Safran have been great. We are actually supposed to meet in the next few weeks because they want to talk to me about the broad plan and then they want to hear the Batverse plan. We're just getting together to talk about all of that. Look, 
I'm excited to hear what they're going to do. The Batverse thing, as James has said, and as Peter has said, is kind of its own thing. They're letting us do. They're going to be taking, talking to me about what they're going to do in their 10-year plan or certainly what's in the near future as well so that we can understand that we're not. It's air traffic control. We don't want to be crashing into each other. We want to support each other, quote-unquote. Okay, so now we're going to have a DC universe and a Batverse. Look, I'm all on board with the idea of a Batverse because I love Batman. And I... I I've had this conversation multiple times over the last week or so with friends in regards to Robert Pattinson's Batman, right? Yes, I loved the Batman, but that Batman I don't think can play in a greater connected DC universe, right? It's not as grounded as the Nolan films, but I don't think you could introduce like aliens and the Justice League in that, like meta, meta humans in that universe um well metahumans in the truest sense right like the flash superman he's not really a metahuman but aquaman and or bring in the martian manhunter or superman aliens now poison ivy i don't even think you could technically do poison ivy in uh that world and i want as much as I want, like, the Talons and the um, the Court of Owls, I, uh, maybe the Talon is somewhat doable, right? They're technically, like, zombie things. That, maybe that that's a little more realistic than superheroes, superhumans. Um, I, I, I don't know, though. Am I okay with it existing on its own and doing its own m- movies and stuff? 100%. As long as, as long as we get a Batman... In the DCU as well. People are smart enough. To accept two different Batman. The general public at large. Maybe we're not smart enough. But. But. As long as they know there's two different Batman. I think it could still work. Right? You have the. the um, I don't know. that That could be tricky though. You know, because people are like, well, I thought Robert Pattinson's Batman. Well, you know, he is, but there's a different Batman. I think as long as they don't make solo Batman movies, then I think it'd be okay. But as long as you have the Robert Pattinson Batman doing his thing, and those are solo movies and stay good, and as long as you have a Batman interacting in whatever the DC Universe ends up becoming, if there's a Justice League or whatever it is, as long as there's a Batman there, then I'm totally on board with it. Totally on board with a Batverse and a DC Universe. I will say that now. Totally on board. Uh, Avatar, The Way of the Water, is probably going to cross the $2 billion mark this weekend. It is like the 6th or 7th highest grossing film of all time. It passed up Spider-Man Far From, or No Way Home. James Cameron now has like three movies in the top ten highest grossing of all time. I have to make three and four. Get the fuck out of here. Maybe I need to watch this movie. Chad Stileski, the director of the first John Wick movie, has been announced as the director of a Rainbow Six movie starring Michael B. Jordan. That'll be cool. Rainbow Six. More Tom Clancy. I'll take it. 
Channing Tatum uh, wants to remake Ghost, uh, and he would uh, play the titular Ghost. His production company actually owns the rights to the film, so he would uh, take on Patrick Swayze's role if if they remake it. Netflix releases its movie schedule for 2023, so it has announced essentially the date for most of its movies, um, and then movies that are still confirmed for 2023, and then I. Like expected release time frames for some of its other movies, so you can you can see that. Um, Antoine, Antoine Fuqua, who directed Training Day, will be directing the Michael Jackson. Do you say biopic? Biopic? I say biopic. Maybe it's biopic. I don't know. Uh, but they're expect he is expected to start filming that this year. Did they even announce who's playing Michael? I don't know. Antoine Fuqua is a good director, though. And then, last bit of movie news. Megan has uh, gotten a sequel, like we predicted last week, and is expected to drop in 2025. That, uh, did I watch anything new this weekend? No, no, I didn't. Uh, that is it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys for dropping in. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. Always remember to check out nixnernews.com, where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, you can listen to us on the go. You can find all the links on our website as well. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. Can you imagine that? We're on Amazon Music too. We're on all the major streaming podcast streaming services. Just search Nixner News. Also, while you're at the website, check out our social media tab. Find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Uh, not super active on Twitter. Just, just so you guys understand. Uh, a lot of stuff on Facebook and Instagram, though. A lot of fun memes. They're not mine. I'm just going to say that. I don't want you guys to think they're mine. I try to post the creator of the meme every time in the... In the... A -a anyway. Or just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. Keep an eye out, though. TikTok may be in the pipeline. I'm not promising anything. I'm still trying to figure out that the format in which I'm going to present Nixner News on the talk of tick, but be on the lookout. Uh, otherwise, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.